This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Well, good morning, Emmanuel. How are we doing today? Come on, you got to do better than that. How are we doing today? Really good. How many know God's up to great things in our church, right? I mean, turn to the person next to you and say, it's exciting. It's exciting. It really is. Welcome to all our campuses. Uh, Anybody that's watching online as well. We're so excited. I, I don't know about you, but I love it when we can see God's on the move in our church. And today at all of our campuses, not Spring Lake Park, Maple Grove, Elk River, uh, we're, we're, we're having somewhere between 25 and 30 people water baptized just today. And that's amazing. That's right. You can clap for that. That's amazing. I love that. And I want to celebrate one other incredible thing because this, I just think, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one of these moments happen. So that should give you a clue as to how you should respond when I share this, that so far just in 2021 and just the first five months of the year and the fifth month isn't even quite over yet, our 2021 year-to-date commitments to Jesus, 749 people, come on church, have made commitments to Jesus Christ. That's incredible, 749. And I looked in, 261 of those were children and young people. Man, we are affecting, that's right, we're affecting the next generation. It's so good. I love it. There's just, there's so many great things going on across our church. I hope that you're inviting people, you're letting people know. If you know somebody that needs hope, bring them to Emmanuel, to any of our campuses, and they will experience the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. It's, it's so exciting. This weekend is a standalone message. Um, it's entitled The, the Legacy Driven Life. And so if you're taking notes on, in your journal or you can follow along in the app or the notes app on your phone and just write down the word, the legacy driven life. And it's a standalone message. And um, I really believe that God has something special in store for each and every one of us. No matter what campus you're at, if you're joining us online, interact with the message online, chat with us because we just believe that nobody's here by accident at Emmanuel this weekend. We believe that God has, has a plan and has a message and ha- wants to share incredible things with each and every one of us as we talk about a legacy-driven life. So I'm going to mention the name of a book. Many of you have heard of this book before. Uh, it's a best-selling book. It's, uh, it was written 25, about 25 years ago, and uh, there's a little over 14 million of these books sold. Uh, men buy them, women buy them, and there's a quiz attached to it. Couples do it, singles do it. And uh, the title of the book and the title of the quiz is The Five Love Languages. How many have ever heard of that? The Five Love Languages. So the five love languages, uh, this is, these are the five love languages. Listen to them. There's the words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service. Number four, receiving gifts. Come on, somebody who likes that, right? And the fifth one is quality time. So again, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts, and quality time. And can I just tell you, it's a little sneaky because whoever you love in your life, they like all five of those, Right? Come on, somebody, right? Who doesn't like all of those, right? Uh, I've taken that quiz and I'm like, what do I write down where I can say I get all five of them? It doesn't work that way. But the premise of the book is this. This is the reason I highlight it. The premise of the book is, is this. Loving me this way makes me happy. 
This is the way I want to be loved. This is the way I best respond to love. Loving me this way, as we talk about a legacy-driven life, this is the way that in five love, five love languages makes me happy. And I wanna begin with by asking you two questions. The two questions will be up on the screen. They're simply this. What makes God really happy? The second question is what makes me really happy? You just jot that down and we're gonna talk about it throughout this message. And I, again, I believe there's gonna be some incredible truth that God speaks to my heart. God's teaching me even as I studied for this, as I've got ready for this. And even as I'm sharing it, the Holy Spirit's talking to me because he's talking to all of us. So what makes God really happy? What makes me really happy? I ask those two questions because of this. If you can find alignment in those two questions, you are on your way to a legacy-driven life that God is pleased with. It just is. So you might say, oh, does that really matter what makes me happy? God says it does. I mean, last week, Pastor Jody preached on joy, and it was an incredible message. Joy is such an important thing that God has for us. If we can find alignment, not, not just what brings me joy or what makes me happy, but what makes God happy, if we can find alignment in those two things, it's gonna be incredible. And our lives can be amazing. And so it's so vital that we look at this and that we focus on this. That's gonna really help create a great legacy. And so turn to the person next to you and say the word legacy. Legacy. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna look at it from God's perspective. Matthew chapter four. I wanna, I'm gonna read this passage a little slower than normal because it's just a few verses. And uh, if you're familiar with church, you've heard it many times. If you're new to church or exploring the faith, it may be new to you. And I'm just gonna ask all of us, no matter, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, that we would read this with what I would call fresh eyes, just open to letting God speak to our lives. But Jesus intervenes on the scene of some, some very important people, and he says this. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Look at that. And they left their nets at once and followed him. I want to point out a couple things in this, in this passage here. Notice that Jesus in no way criticized their career. He didn't do that. He didn't say fishing is not important. He didn't say taking care of your family, feeding your community is not important. He didn't speak to that. He didn't criticize it. He didn't say it was a waste of time, their career path. It says they fished for a living. So he, he, he kind of gave that information and then he made this request to him. He says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Watch this church. So Jesus was not against what they were doing. If you are at Emmanuel this weekend and you are active and you are working no matter what level of employment you're at or no matter what your career path is, that can be a blessing. It can be helpful. It can be bless your family, your life, all those closest to you. Jesus said to these two in individuals, I want you to think bigger. It's awesome that you fish for a living, but when you follow me, if you're gonna come follow me, I want your perspective to be bigger. 
I want to, I want to expand what you think about legacy because he literally uses this phrase. I don't know what Peter and Andrew would have thought of because he says, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. I mean, imagine if you were in that moment. But Jesus is saying, so again, all of us here this weekend, no matter what, what campus you're at, Jesus is saying, I want you to expand your vision. I want you to look bigger. I want you to see some of the things that God, God has called us to. As we talk about legacy, there's three groups of people, I believe, at church this weekend. The first group is this. There's some that would say, ah, oh, it's too early. Pastor Darren, I'm young. I'm not 40, 50, 60 years old. I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm a young adult. I'm in my 20s. It just isn't relevant to me. That's, for, that's kind of for people once they get older. No, it's not. It's for all of us. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. The second group that's here at church this weekend would say, ah, it's too late. I've messed up too much. I wish I could have heard this a long time ago, but man, I believe maybe Jesus can forgive me and, and I, can, I can accept him as my Lord and Savior, but really have a life and a legacy where it impacts generations to come and, and people are touched with the power of God. I just don't know if that's for me. And we'll speak to that as well in just a few moments. The third group, and I'm glad this, all three groups are here. I'm I love that this group is here. The third group is this, that you're, in the, you're, you're part of the, week, the church here at Emmanuel this weekend. You're like, hey, I'm doing pretty good in this area. I'm doing pretty good. I, I love God. I love my church. I love my family. I, I'm, tr I'm spending time in God's word on a regular basis. I'm, I'm tithing. I'm giving to kingdom builders and generosity. I'm, I'm, when I have chances, I'm sharing my faith and I'm trying to follow Christ and, and grow in Christ. And you're like, I'm doing pretty good in this area. And I would just say, awesome. That is so good. How many would agree we can all get better, right? We can all grow and get stronger and move on towards greater, greater strength. I want to ask you the question, who inspires you? Who inspires you? Because I think this is really important. Outside of your immediate family, and in addition to Jesus, because we can find inspiration there, who inspires you? It's a critical question. I, 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 there's so many people, current and past, in our world, in our lives, that, can, that we can look at and say, man, their godly legacy inspires me. How many would agree that the life of Billy Graham inspires you? Come on, somebody, right? I mean, it just does. It's incredible. Matter of fact, he wrote, there's a book that was written about him by somebody that spent about 10 years with him called The Leadership Secrets of Billy Graham. If you want to read a great book, it's a great book. It will inspire you just about kind of the legacy and how that legacy was developed, the practice, the habits that were in his life, the leadership secrets of Billy Graham. Somebody that inspires me tremendously is a missionary. Many of you this weekend, you may have never heard of this individual. His name's Hudson Taylor. A missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, back in the late 1800s, Hudson Taylor went to China as a missionary at the age of 21. He was 21 years old, and the entire nation of China, there was believed to be four or five missionaries at the time. He was 21 years old. He served in China for 51 years. How many agree that's a long time? 51 years. Hudson Taylor inspires me so much. Let me share a few quotes. I love quotes because there's just something about it. These will be up on the screen. These are quotes from Hudson Taylor. Look at them with me. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Say amen, somebody. Amen, right? That's one of his quotes. It's not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Here's the next one. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. I mean, that's good right there, right? 
Man, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Here's, a, here's this one's great. Do not have your concert first and then tune your instrument after. Begin the day with the word of God in prayer. Right? Those of you that read your Bible at night, I'm sorry. You need to move to the morning, okay? But that's one of his quotes. It's just so, super cool. Look at, look at this next one. At the age of six, this is one of the things he said, when I'm a man, I mean to be a missionary to China. At the age of six, at the age of, tw- at the age of 16, he said, I feel I cannot go on living unless I do something for China. Do you remember I asked earlier, the, third, the second group of, first group of people, it's not relevant to me. I'm too young for this message. No, you're not. Jesus at the age of 12 said, I gotta be about my father's business, right? It's just so good. Here are two more really quick. These are great. I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that God is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how. Some of you are like, gosh, that is inspiring. I I don't know if I can do that, but I, I love it. Here's the last one. I love this. There are three stages to every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then it is difficult. Then it is done. <laughs> Everybody turn to the person next to you and say, that's good. I love it. Right? First, it's impossible. Then it's difficult. Then it's, then it's done. It's so good. Psalms chapter 112 says this. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Look at this, church. Receive this as maybe something God's gonna do in your life today, this week, and in the months ahead and the years ahead. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Such people will never be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They carefully trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Right, church? That's what God says about us. That's what God wants to be in our lives. And, and I felt this next few things I'm gonna share with you. I felt it all week that there's gonna be people in church this weekend and you are here today. And I would never ask you to raise your hand. Sometimes we hide these things. Sometimes we look really good on the outside, but there's a lot going on in the inside. And there's people here that would say, oh, Pastor Darren, ugh, ugh, I have messed up so much. I've messed up so much. I've just had... Too, too many failures, it's too late for me to have a great legacy. Can I just share directly from God to you? Because how many know the enemy shares lies with us, right? Our God is not a God of lost causes. Our God is a God of second chances. Did you hear that? He's a God of second chances. All you gotta do is confess. You can clap for that. You can confess. Reach out to him. That's right. God's hand is reaching back to you. So we, we, we obey and we lean into him. But that's, that's the God we serve. The enemy tells us to give up. The enemy tells us to quit. The enemy tells us that our future can't be incredible because of something we've done in the past. A couple quick things. God has incredible truth for us. The next one is this. A legacy-driven life is not a life free of failures. It's a life marked by overcoming failure. 
It's a, it's, it's a life marked by overcoming failure, right? A legacy-driven life isn't, oh, I've never had any problems. How many know you've had problems? I've had problems. I've had failures. I've made mistakes. Look to Scripture. So again, it's not this perfection thing. I'll talk about that in a moment. It is a life that's marked by saying, you know what? I got knocked down a few times, but I've gotten up, and now I'm walking in the victory of God. I'm going to walk in God's truth. I'm not going to have a pity party. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to celebrate God's goodness. I'm going to move forward in his faith and his strength in my life. And I am not going to settle for less than what God has for me. Amen. That's God's desire for all of us. I love that. Here's one more. And by the way, um, think of the failures of David, right? Pastor Jody talked about him a little bit last the murder that he committed, the adultery that he committed. I mean, it's just horrific. And then he completely recovered, broken before God, went after God. God restored him, right? I mean, just, just I won't talk about, think of Jonah, right? How many know it is never a good day when you're swallowed by a whale, right? <laughs> Come on, you're not doing something right. If, you know what I'm saying? Well, God called him to reach Nineveh and he's praying out and he basically says, no, I'm not gonna do what God wants me to do. What makes God happy? That first question, he said, no. I'm not going to do what makes God happy. And he found himself in a whale. Never a good thing. But there's Peter. Peter, man, it's just like the crucial time of his life when people needed him to stand up. He stood down and denied Jesus three times. You think you have failed? Man, Peter dropped the ball big time. He got restored. He confessed. Then you read into the book of Acts and like he's leading the New Testament church. It's just incredible what God can do. So here's one more thing. The goal is not a perfect legacy. The goal is a God-honoring legacy. The goal is not a perfect legacy. The goal is a God-honoring legacy. Everybody say God-honoring. God-honoring legacy for Spring Lake Park campus, everybody that attends here, Maple Grove campus, Elk River, lean into this. If you're online and you're joining us, lean in. That's the goal. It's not a perfect legacy. It's a God-honoring legacy. So for a few moments, I'm gonna get really practical. And you may wanna jot this down. I love taking notes because I'm, I'm one of those leaders and individual that needs a lot of help. I'm gonna give you some practical helps here, very practical, on building and protecting a God-honoring legacy. If you're ready, say ready. ready. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Building and protecting a God-honoring legacy. First thing is this, focus more on who you're becoming than what you're accomplishing. Focus more on who you're becoming than what you're accomplishing. Just understand the character, the heart, who God wants to shape us to be. Focus more on who you're becoming than what you're accomplishing. And this is so important. Can I tell you, because some of you, are, you're wired like me. I like to accomplish things. I like to work. I like to go after things. I like to do things. But if I'm not focused on what I'm becoming, the things I'm accomplishing will not be for God's glory. They might be for me. And they shouldn't be for us, right? They should be for the glory of God, right, church? So just focus first. Didn't say don't focus on what you're accomplishing. Focus first and more on who you're becoming. One of the reasons I love Emmanuel, I love our family here at Emmanuel, I love our church. Our lead pastor is a man that focuses on who he's becoming. 
That's not, I just, I'm not just saying that to, to make him feel good. Our campus pastors, our team, our staff is focused on saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, bring, just build me, change me, mold me, shape me. And then also, then we're also focused on what we want to do for the kingdom. And it's incredible. So this is not a church full of perfect people. It's a church full of people that are going to go after God. You're going to say, God, I want to listen to you. I want to hear you. It's so, so important. Love it. So focus more on who you're becoming than what you're accomplishing. Got a roll here. Next one is this. Determine who you most want to hear the phrase, well done from. Determine who you most want to hear the phrase, well done. It's a famous biblical passage where Jesus taught it as part of a story, a biblical a, a parable in the, in the parable of the three stewards. And it says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's, it's a church phrase and a Bible phrase that who doesn't want to hear that? Do you most want to hear it from God? I know in church, all of us, that's why I didn't ask you to raise your hand because we'd all do the right thing and say, it's Jesus. That's who I want to hear it from. I hope that's true. And so all I want to say is, let's not assume it's true. Let's take it to prayer. Let's take it to the foot of the cross, right? Let's take it and say, God, I know my flesh sometimes wants to hear it more from my boss, wants to hear it from my spouse, wants to hear it from the people that follow me on social media or whatever else, or my grandkids. That is, that is so good, but it's not the most important. The most important is that we would hear the phrase, well done, from Jesus. And can I just say that will drive your legacy, which leads us to my next one. Very practical. Take a few moments on this one. Create a personal legacy list. Create a personal legacy list. I did this about 12, 13 years ago. And I looked at it a lot for a few years. I pulled it out this week, looked at it again. It's 12 or 14 things on a list of just the things that I want to do for the glory of God. It's not just a bucket list. It doesn't have, I want to drive a Ferrari, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. That, that's cool. Actually, I, I'd love to do those things. Well, actually, I'd like to drive the Ferrari up Kilimanjaro. But anyways, uh, it's, it's a legacy list. So I have on my legacy list, it's private. I won't share the details and the numbers. I have on my legacy list the amount of money I want to give to fund the Great Commission. And I'm not going to tell you how much it is. I have on my legacy list the number of people I want to take around the world on a missions trip. I have on my list how I want to be viewed to my kids, by my kids and my grandkids. I have some other things about personal evangelism. I have some things on there about even my own, my, just some very things that I want God to grow me in. And it's just a, a legacy list. We should have a personal legacy list. The goal is, you, the thing is, you get to do it your way. Can I show you a picture of my family? This is my family. They'll put it up on the screen. So that is my family. That is 11 of the most amazing people in the world right there, right? Incredible. I was taken about seven months ago in Florida. Yeah, they're incredible. So they look really good, I know. Um, they are so important to me. And your family and the people closest to you and your close friends, if you're a single adult and you have people in your life that you care a lot about, that is so important. They are so important. But our kingdom legacy list is bigger than just our family. Okay? If the, I, I'd love to preach on family and talk about family and kids and marriage and all that kind of stuff. It is so, so vital. But I'm going to hone in on this idea that our kingdom legacy list is broader than that. So it's, very, it's vital goals, all that kind of stuff. I'll just say this. It'll be up on the screen. If you're a Christian, 
the Great Commission must be part of your legacy list. Leave it up on the screen just for a moment. If you are a Christian, the Great Commission must, everybody say must, must be a part of your legacy list. It's non-negotiable. If you want to say what makes God happy, he commissioned us to reach the world close to us, across the street, and around the world. So it's not a prayer issue. Well, let me pray about it. You don't need to. We just need to obey, right? That Hudson Taylor quote, it's not, a, it's not something to be considered, the Great Commission, it's something to be obeyed. But it just needs to be a part of it so our time, our resources, again, I would never tell you what yours should be. I would just say it needs to be a part your, your, the Great Commission of your legacy list. Mark 16, 15. And then he told them, he told them, I'll pause here. He didn't take two or three and say, let me tell you guys something. You seven don't pay any attention and you two, I got something else from you, for you. He took them all together as a group, excluded nobody, just like we're doing at Emmanuel this weekend. And he said, hey, all of you go into the world, the entire world and preach the good news to everyone, so important. I'm holding up this, um, our Kingdom Builders card. We gave this out a couple weeks ago. These are for Kingdom Builder teams. It's not about giving, it's about going. And it lists four teams on here that three of our campus pastors are leading, one pastor Adrian's leading. These are four incredible trips. What I would encourage you to do, because they're gonna fill up, registration just opened this weekend, I would encourage you to pray this way. Don't pray, God, should I go? Pray, God, which one should I go on? That's like a double dog dairy, isn't it, right there, right? It's not, a, it's not a question or this year or next year. Sometime soon that you would say, you know what, I'm gonna be a part of a Kingdom Builders team because I know God has called me to do that. One more, one more thought about that. This just is something in my life. Um, I'm holding up this bill. It's in plastic so I don't damage it. I have two of these. And it is from the nation of Zimbabwe. It's an actual, their currency. And it is a $10 billion bill. Be up on the screen. Not a fake deal, it's a real deal. I'm holding it here, we'll leave it up just for a moment. A $10 billion bill, I have two of them. They both cost me about $13. So you can't buy cappuccino with this thing. The nation of Zimbabwe in 2008, 2009 had hyperinflation. And in hyperinflation, at that one year, they had inflation at over 1 billion percent. So much so that the currency the next year shut down. It all went away. They went to the U.S. currency for the next 10 years. And then just two years ago, they went back to their own, a, a more stable currency. But they used to circulate $10 billion bills. So I keep this in my office. And I have another one that's encased and has some scripture underneath it that talks about how the world's wealth will fleet away. And the reason I hold on to these two thinking about my personal legacy list. Because I never want to forget where's the best place to invest my resources. And the Bible says the best place for me to rest, invest my resources is where moth and rust and politics won't destroy it. But where the kingdom of heaven will be moving forward because of it, right? So again, I, I, I'm not saying what the amount should be for all, any of us. I'm saying we, I need these reminders in my life so I don't think it's all about my savings and my retirement and my reserve fund. And I have those, and those are wise things to do. I believe in those things, but there's something even bigger. 
And that is God has called me to reach the world and be a part of the Great Commission. If you got it, say got it. Got it. You knew Kingdom Builders would make its way in the sermon, didn't you? All right. Two more quick ones. Protect your personal purity. I won't take a lot of time here. And you might be like, Pastor, where'd that one come from? If you're going to develop and you're going to protect a God-honoring legacy, you have to protect your personal purity. And you might be thinking, oh, I'm so glad that other person's here to hear that right now. No, no, no. It's for all of us. You might be thinking, I'm thinking it's the youth group. No, I don't think it's the youth group here today. We all need to do this. We are all vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Every one of us. In this area, there's no room for spiritual pride. I'm gonna tell you straight. There's no, in 30 years of church work, I've seen some of the best and the most anointed and the brightest taken out by this of leaders, of connect group leaders, of pastors, those that serve, those are on prayer teams, those are on worship teams, the people that, just, that are just regular attenders of the church, not just, they're just, they're part of the family of God. I've seen so many taken out. Can I just say in a really quick moment, you need to protect your personal purity, whatever that means, whatever code you need to put on that remote or in that streaming service or whatever different thing, I don't even know how to, I'm not a techie how to do all those things. You just need to do it to protect it at all costs. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or our spirit and let us, and let us cleanse our, let us, I'm sorry, work towards complete holiness because we fear God. Isn't that good? All of us, we're all in this together. So one more, protect your personal purity. The last one is this, building and protecting a God-honoring legacy. Pursue mentors for key seasons of life. Pursue mentors for key seasons of life. For some of you, this is review. For some of you, you're like, amen. I, I hope you are amen to this one. Pursue mentors, but track with me. Don't disengage with me on this one. For key seasons of life. A mentor is somebody that you can sit down and say this to them. Help me become better. Help me become better in this area or in this area. Just, just help me. I'm so amazed how many people love this idea and believe in this. And as, even as I'm preaching right now, and I believe it's happening at Elk River and Maple Grove and people watching online and here in the auditorium at Spring Lake Park, I see nods and heads are going up. Oh yeah, mentors are great. I'm still amazed how few people do this. Or they feel like they've graduated beyond it. One of the reasons this is on my list for building, protecting a God-honoring legacy is um, several years ago, I turned 50 and I felt like I was missing an uncle slash father voice in my life. I just didn't have somebody in my life that was that, an uncle slash father voice. My dad was a great Christian man when he died, but he died when uh, early age of cancer and I was in my 30s. And I just felt this void of that voice, that voice. I mean, we have pastors like Pastor Ron and other people in our church that are just great mentor voices and can be to so many of us. So I reached out to an individual that I know and trust who was in his early 70s. High character, incredible time, been in ministry for 50 years. And I just reached out to him. I said, hey, this is Darren. Can I connect with you four times a year for coffee? I'll buy the coffee. I just wanna ask you some questions. And could you share with me? He came up to me, about two weeks later, we were at an event together. He came up to me, tears running down his face. 
He said, Darren, you have no idea how your request has blessed me. He says, I don't know how much I have to share with you, but I would be honored to share with you. And so now we text each other and I can reach out to him. And I talked to him last week and it's just incredible. You've heard Pastor Nate talk about Pastor Wayne Benson and the voice that he is. Can I tell you, great leaders, no matter what line of work you find yourself in, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, no matter how old you are or aren't old, just can I tell you, great people seek out wise mentors. You do. And you're just missing it if you don't. And there's just so, so one of the things I just, you say, what do you ask them? I asked him, I said, hey, would you talk to me about what, how marriage can be great from years 25 to 35? Because Jane and I had just celebrated our 25th anniversary. And I'm like, man, I, I, I respect your marriage. Talk to me about the next 10 years. And I just ask him questions like that. And it's such a help. It's such a blessing. And it's just incredible. One more passage and then we'll wrap up. Philippians chapter three. If you're with me, say, got it. Got it. Thank you. Philippians chapter three says this says, and Paul, remember I said the third category, the third group, those are like, hey, I'm doing good. Hey, God, I'm doing pretty well. I feel good. I'm not arrogant, but I feel like I'm doing strong. I'm giving, I'm praying. Pastor, I, I, I don't feel like I've, my life's ruined and I feel, like, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good in this area. Now this is your moment. This is what Paul felt as well. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. There's a little pride, maybe. All right. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I once thought, verse 7, these things were valuable, but now. Everybody say, but now. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have declared, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Man, I love that scripture. Paul is like, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. That inspires me. He's like, I've accomplished tons of things, but God's got more for me. And I'm going to lay down the fishing thing and I'm going to take up this thing. And I'm going to go for God's best in my life. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to move forward. I love it. I use the phrase, he's leaning in. And Emmanuel, can I share this? I feel like today at church, at all of our campuses, those watching online, again, I feel like all, I think there's so many of us leaning in right now. I can feel it in my spirit. I know it sounds strange, but I mean it. Where you're kind of like, I want to. I want to go for it. I want God's best. I want to be everything God wants me to be because I'm still learning how to do it. We're all learning how to do it together. And I think that's so, so incredible. God, this is what we want in our lives. So I'm going to ask you one more thing and then we'll pray. Do you remember the question I asked at the beginning of the message? What makes God really happy. I wrote down an answer that I think is fitting. I think when God sees you and I living out the amazing life he has for us, and when he's in relationship with us on the journey, I think he's thrilled. I think he's thrilled. When he sees you and I out Living the life, the calling, the, the victories, the joys, going after the kingdom legacy list, all those kind of things. I think it's incredible. I think God's reaching out. I think God has that for us. And I think as long as we're in relationship with him, church, if nobody's told you recently, God wants a personal relationship with you, a close relationship with you. 
That makes God really happy. So as we build our personal legacy, believing for a God-honoring legacy, and as we go after that, let us never forget that our God is reaching a hand out to us. And he says, hey, let me go on this journey with you. And we're like, hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I've messed up. Hey, and God's like, I got it. I know it. I saw it. I'm still reaching out my hand for you. And I want to take you by the hand and I want to help you and I want to walk alongside you and I want us together to share my love with people all over the world and I want us to walk in close relationship together. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for everything you're teaching us. Thank you, God, for reaching out to us. And I just pray, God, that we would say yes to what the Holy Spirit's leading us to do right now. God, you're talking to all of us in different ways. There are people that have been in church a long time and they're very faithful and they've loved you for many years and you're speaking to us. There's those that are newer to the faith that are just explore, that are learning more and they're, they've just walked through growth track and they've, they've gotten connected and they're learning more relationships. You're speaking to us. God, there's some that are new and they're visiting and they're just checking things out online or at a campus and you're speaking to us, them as well. Thank you, God, that your hand is out and that you're inviting each of us to be in relationship with you as we walk this journey together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Churches, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I just wanna give you an opportunity. If you're in this service, I don't want you to feel any pressure I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way, but I wanna give you an incredible opportunity. And I'm just, I just feel like we need to share this quick. If you're in the service and you're like, pastor, my life is not right with Jesus. I know religion, I don't know relationship, or I've never gone all in and fully committed my life. Or maybe you have committed, but you have fallen away and you know what that means. There's distance between you and God and you feel it. And your desire as you begin to step into what God has for you, your desire is to say, I wanna leave church knowing that my life is right with Jesus, that my sins are forgiven, and I wanna leave church arm in arm with my Savior. And if you're here and you just say, Pastor, include me in the prayer, I wanna make that decision. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and that's your request. Pastor, include me in the prayer, I wanna make that decision. Right now, I want you to put your hands up all over the room if that's you. Just shoot it up, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed, hands are going up all over the room. Keep raising them, in Jesus' name. That's amazing. Keep raising them. Balcony, main level. Come on, somebody. That's incredible. I love the hunger. I love the desire. In Jesus' name. That's awesome. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. That's incredible. Church, I'm going to invite everybody to stand up right now. Just stand up. And I, don't, I, I couldn't grab everybody in the room, but I know there was over 15 people that raised their hands in this service and said, I want to make that decision. Come on. That's amazing. That's amazing. We're gonna pray a prayer of commitment and the whole church is gonna pray together, all right? I'm gonna ask you to repeat after me. If you raise your hand, this is your moment. A little later, Pastor Ben will come up, give us some instructions. We're gonna pray this prayer and then Pastor John Carlos is gonna lead us into worship. We're doing great on time and we're gonna celebrate it together. Please repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior. 
I want you to be the leader of my life. Jesus, every day, I'm gonna live for you. Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate really loud. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.